Yeah! If you're listening to this, you're kind of lucky. Or smart. Because we talked to Betsy Capes of Capes Coaching Company. What they do is they help you achieve your goals. If you have any goals, you can check this out. A lot of things in the way of our own goals are ourselves. So we get into some psychology. And there's also practical things you can do once you get out of your own way. Make some milestones. So we're going to learn some tools. We're going to get into some stuff. Some psychology, some mental blocks. I'm your host, Gary Levitt. And uh, this episode is brought to you by Audio Fix for Videos. Do you have a video that needs better sound? Check out Audio Fix for Videos. Open it up on your mobile device. And it immediately cleans and boosts the volume. Check it out, it's free. Hope you enjoy this episode and get something out of it. I know I did. If you're curious, you could check out capesco.com. Link in the show notes to learn more. Enjoy me, Matt Kaplan, and Betsy Capes. Okay, so let's talk about it, yeah? Yeah, let's do it. Capes coaching. Yes. How do you sum it up? Oh, dear. <laughs> You've helped a lot of people. Yeah. You have. Yeah. You've changed people's lives. Yeah. How? <laughs> <laughs> for the better, too. I mean, I've changed people's lives for the worse, but... I would hope for the better, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, for the better, for sure. The people who... I mean, I, it's hard to take credit because... You have to show up and do the work, you know, the person, has the to person. Show up. Yeah. It's like you're, you know, it's like anything, you know, if you got to be there, you got to, you got to be coachable, you mm-hmm. know, and a lot of people don't, um, you know, aren't willing to take that risk, mm-hmm. you know, and like step into like, what is this coaching thing? So the people who show up to coaching are like ready for change, change for their, now it's, it's more about your professional life. Yes and no. I mean, we do. It's like life coaching for artists and actors and creative folks. So, yes, we focus on career for sure, mm-hmm. but we really talk about everything. All right, there's a lot here, and I'm like, yeah, my head has like it. 12 million <laughs> questions. But uh, I find I have a lot of artist friends. A lot of artist friends are in their own way. Yeah. And is that the main thing that you find that people are just? We all are. We're I, all I've never met anybody who's not. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like to what degree are you stopping yourself? Right. To what degree are you stopping yourself? And when people come in for the coaching, you're finding where they are in their own way? They're already, I mean, yeah, but they already know it. And they usually are so like thankful to have a space to talk to somebody about it. That's not just a friend where they're complaining and, you know, bitching and moaning. Like this is this is different from that. Like we're going to have the real conversation and there's something about somebody who's not your friend or your family member or somebody who's invested in you, you know, and, and sort of like your success, like who's, I mean, of course, as a coach, that's what I am invested in, but I'm invested. I'm like really here for you and I accept you completely as you are. So how is this different than just a psychologist? Well, therapy, I have a background in drama therapy, too, so I, I really uh, can feel and know the difference. I mean, they're both, I love therapy. I'm a huge fan of 
therapy. Yeah. I go to therapy. <laughs> I've had many therapists. We were talking about it before. Yeah. I, you know, therapy to me is like, you know, looking back at kind of how we've arrived at, you know, who we are right now. Like what happened that made me feel, why am I blocked in this way? Mm-hmm. Coaching doesn't really care as much about why. It actually doesn't care at all about why. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll like tap into that in the beginning, but we're all about, okay, here you are. Where do you want to go? How are we going to get there? Is it, so is it more practical or more psychological? I mean, it's both. It's, I always like to describe it as awareness into action like you've got to step back and look at like what's not like where am i stuck what am i feeling unclear about what am i frustrated with what's not going the way i want you know that's usually what people show up to coaching with i'm not where i should be right should so you've seen a lot of people come from you've seen a lot of success stories oh yeah um can you kind of draw us a map of how that happened for somebody yeah i mean i've seen you know and what you did to kind of pivot their direction Sure. I mean, one of the, you know, we t- I teach a course called the PATH course, and there have been a lot of people who've come through that. I mean, the people who are sort of the most, fa- Abby and Alana um, from, from Broad, Broad City. City, who most, you know, people in the comedy world know, um, they both took the course, you know, uh, years ago at different times. And, um, I, you know, it's the people who show up to do the work are, you know, they're ready. They just don't know exactly what to do next. Yeah, and, what is the work? Yeah, the work is making a plan, you know, getting organized, getting clear on where you're stopped, moving moving out of your way so that you can really say, okay, here's where I want to be next year at this time. And then we give you the tools to kind of reverse engineer it and build a plan for like, okay, if this is where I want to be in a year, then where do I need to be at that six-month mark? And then where do I need to be at that three-month mark? Okay, and now where do I need to be next month? Oh, shit, I, gotta, I, need, I need a new website. Okay. Time to, what does that mean? Like, how am I going to actually get into action and do it? And then who's going to hold me accountable for it? So setting little milestones along the way. Yeah, and I think it's just there's no one way to do any of this. And I think what's so frustrating about this industry um, is that they're like nobody's making you do anything. You're doing you're kind of on your own. You have to be a self-starter, you yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, like both, like you have to, not only be a self-starter, but you have to like be able to continue to maintain it against some really challenging, you know, realities of the industry, which is like there's so many people trying to do what you're doing. And in the entertainment industry, even if you hit something, even if you hit some gold, it fades. Totally. You have to keep it up. And a lot of people come to me after they've kind of hit gold. Yeah. And it's like, oh, and sometimes the gold, like what you are going for in the dream, I finally got this incredible agent. It's not always what you imagine. And then you've got to, you know, I work with a lot of people who have a little bit of imposter syndrome, feeling like they're a fraud. Oh, I, mm. you know, they're, somebody's going to figure out that I'm, you know, I don't, I'm right. not really. I'm not my authentic self. Yeah. 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 Or just that I don't deserve or, or not talented enough to be doing this. Yeah. Who am I to want to pursue these dreams? And we all have that. Yeah. That's actually human to have that little self-doubt. We call it mm. the inner critic, but every other, you can find your own name for it. It's out there. Um, we all have it. So it's really, again, like, how do I, how do I navigate that when it pops up? How much does it actually stop me from seeing all the possibilities that I have? You know, yeah, in and front of me. How much are you specifically looking at the person's art or whatever they're doing before they get there while they're there? Or it's just you're, you're sort of listening to them 
I'm just there with them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I used to back in the, you know, we're about 12 years old now. Um, in the beginning when I was, cause I used to work in casting and I used to also do audition coaching and work on, you know, actual material with people. We've veered away from that. Um, because that's actually not, you know, there's so many really wonderful people out there doing that. And, um, I could do it, but it's not, it's not what I'm into. Right. Know? It's not what you want to be doing. And I don't, and, and I really felt there was a, a serious need for like somebody who's real, who you can trust to have a serious conversation where you can say some of the things that you don't want to say that you don't know how to say usually and feel there's a safe space to do it. Uh, you know, therapy, a lot of people do therapy in conjunction with coaching, which I think is great, you yeah. know. Um, but when we're coaching, we're really, we're getting down into it. Like, you know, sleeves are up. What are you here to do? What's not going well? What do you need? What do you, what do, you do? All right, I'll throw myself on the tracks, okay? Yeah, do it. So I want to be a well-known comedian enough to be doing shows that are big shows. Yeah. Stand up. Okay. So say I come in to be coached. And you just think that I just don't have it. You know, I just, I just don't have the talent to get there. I might have the drive and the dedication. I don't know that. Uh-huh. You might. I mean... But not everybody does. Yeah, but there's some really untalented people out there who are hugely successful. Uh-huh. And there's many that you know that are incredibly talented that are not where they where we all we're all like why aren't you you know like you should be on you know mm -hmm. you should have your own talk show by now have you heard this theory some people say uh usually it's like in a business sense but some people say don't do what you want to do do what you're good at because if you're good at something you'll be rewarded for it and feel good about it yeah i i i just see a lot of people end up um in this business too i, I spend a lot of time with people who are but we, we have this like phrase, you probably heard me say it in the other interviews, um, multi-goal syndrome, you know, wanting to kind of do it all without a tangible plan for how to move forward in any one direction. I see a lot of people who have a lot of different talents and are getting paid quite well as a writer, but really want to be right. performing yeah. or who are performing, but really want to have their own show, you know, whatever it may be. Um, and if they're if, if they're not really pursuing what they want, yeah, yeah, I can feel it. They can feel it, and you're just not gonna you're not gonna have the drive to to do what it takes to be competitive at the level you need to to succeed. Some people can be very happy succeeding at kind of a nice steady, like yeah, you know, I'm doing a lot of off Broadway theater, and it feels good, and I'm happy, and that this is the life I want. Great, awesome. Keep yeah. doing it. But if you really want to be doing something else, but you know, you're doing what you're, you're good at. Um, it's not going to let you're going to continue. It's going to fester. I think from what I see people, it doesn't sustain, especially being in New York, most people. And I coach a lot of people in LA, you know, you can only last so long in this business kind of living in that middle space of like i'm not where i want to be so you either have to be going for it and believing it and yeah. seeing progress and doing it or a lot of people fall off and do other things that they're really happy with so what would you do for me what would what would you tell me i should do so what is if it that I came to your if you came to me well first i would have you fill out a form so that i could have some background info and like get a real sense of what what you're coming to coaching i find those forms for. they do that thing they build up your confidence with easy questions first you know like name 
Yeah. Address. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> so you can feel like, okay. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. That's like, it's like video games. They let you win the first board or two, yeah. build up your confidence. We do. Yeah. It, but I also, the reason we, we have a, we have a fairly extensive intake form and for us it helps, um, you know, <laughs> we don't want anybody coming to coaching who's not ready and serious. And if you can't sit down and spend, you know, 10 minutes filling this thing out, a lot of people, we, we kind of, we're not interested in the people that just want like overnight success, you know, go, go, get, go get coached by somebody else. Who right. So what would, so I filled out the form. Yeah. You filled out the it. form. You did it. A lot of coaching happens in the filling out the form. You start to really get reflective and look at, Oh, what the, I ask you, you know, who, who do you admire? You get to kind of start to name what you admire about certain people and it helps you begin to see. I, I love that question because when you, I would ask you that, who's somebody that you feel is successful that you admire in uh, your field? Louis C.K., Mitch Hedberg, if you were still alive, uh-huh. Stephen Wright. Um, what Aziz, a, what about Louis? You know, what about him? Uh, what, what do I like? I like that he has multiple outlets. I like his stand up. I like that he's not afraid to tackle the big subjects. And yeah. I like that he can sell out Madison Square Garden. Awesome. So, like, that's so much, that's so valuable for me to hear mm-hmm. what inspires you about someone else because there's something in you that wants, that has that too. I, I'm not sitting here saying you want to sell at Madison Square Garden, but you, you might, have, oppose. You, they, you might <laughs> have another version of that, whatever that is for yeah. you. And that's the conversation we have. So what's your version like of that? Yeah, I guess that seems a little far-fetched to go from, you know, where I am to that. But maybe, I don't know, Bowery Ballroom or yeah. something smaller like so that. So then we do that. We say Bowery Ballroom. Well, I wouldn't be afraid to have the conversation about Madison Square Garden if that's what you really wanted, if that excited you. Mm-hmm. Because that's a starting place to at least say, here's what I dream about. Here's what I... See, I feel you tapping into the psychology because already Madison Square Garden feels very far-fetched. Yeah. Because you, you don't just get there overnight. You start selling out smaller places and sure. then well, you're, when we, you're ready and you become ready for it. Yeah. I mean, the, my style of coaching is, uh, it helps me really see what's the ultimate, like big picture of where you want to be in your life. What, and it helps me understand what you value, what you care about. And then we can work backwards and say, okay, so that feels far fetched. Now, what does feel possible in a year or five years or whatever? So would you say that that is a block that I have? Did you just discover a block that I think Madison Square Garden is too big for me right now? Or is that just me being realistic? I mean, I wouldn't say it's a block. I think um, I, I think it's fair that if it doesn't feel like if it feels far-fetched, then it is far-fetched. But I've also had people come to me and say, I'm going to sell at Madison Square Garden. And I'll say, okay, great. How do we get started? And I, it's not up to me to say you can't. Right. Like but that's the opposite of what coaching is. I'm here to empower you. It, it also does seem like a quick example of the inner critic. Cause when she first asked you, you're like Madison square garden, I'm going to do it. And then yeah. you, as you kept talking about it, like, Oh, take a step back, take a step back. And yeah. yeah, you were, you were definitely sure of it, you know, when you first answered. And then the more you talk about it, you're like, uh, who am I to, to even go to Madison square garden? <laughs> I, did, I did an exercise. One of my, uh, somebody who took my class, um, and I think she'd be comfortable with me sharing this. She, um, I may, have, I don't know if I've already shared this in other interviews, but she, um, what's her name and address? <laughs> <laughs> her name is Joe. Um, she's a singer and she's, she's wonderful. Um, and you know, one of the things that she wrote down in the class that she wanted to, accomplish at some point in her life. This was like the big, it wasn't, it wasn't even her one year goal. Like her one year goal was to like create her album, like to finish her album that she had started. And she's done that. And it's so good. You guys should listen to it. But, um, you want to plug the album? Yeah. Joe Lowry, L A W R Y. She's 
amazing. There you go, Joe. But what's amazing about Joe, what I like, so Joe took my class. This was, you know, I don't even know how many years ago now, probably 2010, 2009, 2010. Uh-huh. And um, one of the things she wrote down, like that she wanted to do in her life was sing with Sting. And like, you know, sing with Sting. Yeah. She like wrote it down with a bunch of other things that I had them do in an exercise, write everything down that you, you know, ever wanted. And three months later, she got an audition to like sing back up for Sting. Wow. She's singing with Sting. She's on tour right now with Sting and Peter Gabriel. Wow. Amazing. And that's, you know, it's, it's something that I'm not sitting here saying because she wrote it down, it happened, but I'm also not saying because she... <laughs> Cause she, well, yeah, well, of course, it's almost like positive affirmations. Yeah, I get a little like it starts to go into a territory where people uh, get turned tuned off, like turned off by that positive affirmation and right. some of that coachy language. I, you know, I if that speaks to you, we'll totally do affirmations. But I don't want to turn off the people who would be open to coaching if they didn't have to do it. Yeah, there's a see. There's a lot more of this kind of talk in Los Angeles. I lived there for for four years. Yeah. When I was there, a big trend was uh, if you want to be rich, just act like a rich person. Yeah. Spend like a rich person. Yeah. And you'll become wealthy. Well, which is very dangerous. <laughs> I tried is. it. It don't work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about what works for you. Yeah. And also, but really clearly knowing what it doesn't work for you. And for some people that that works, for for others it doesn't. Um, you know, I so I I've seen positive affirmations make a difference, but it's 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 kind of I, I think it's it's what you choose to believe. Right. Do you ever look at the uh, the intake questionnaire form and be like, this person is just not focused? They're spread out. Their different questions show that one question they answered one way, another they're on the opposite side of the map. Yeah, I do. I mean, what, one of the other things that we do before they even um, sign up for coaching is they have a, you know, we have a call with somebody on our team who's, you know, who's great. And you can sit on the phone and ask all the questions you want to ask about how coaching works and why you want coaching. And, um, you know, they're there to really help guide you either to coaching or somewhere else if this isn't the right fit for you. So, um, yeah. Uh, it's it's not as much of a screening process, but also like if you can get you go through that conversation and you still want to sign up, then you're usually in the right headspace to do this work with us. Um, and we just find it helps weed out the people who aren't really looking to like have this kind of serious conversation because you know you're going to spend money and we want it to be worth it for you. So you gotta you gotta be ready to like go there. Yeah. Okay. I'm starting to see why you call it the path because you say so you set your end goal. And then you kind of like mark, make these milestones. So if I want to be selling out Madison Square Garden, obviously I need to be out doing stand-up seven nights a week. Uh, maybe. Yeah, I mean, if that's what you think. Mm-hmm. You, need to be out, you need to be out, yeah, starting to, to get out there for sure. But maybe if, if Bowery Ballroom is the, you know, I would say to you, when does that feel possible for you to sell out Bowery Ballroom? Already it feels like, ah! <laughs> but like, just go with your gut. Is it like... Five years from now, is it next? If, if you really had a plan, if you and I sat down and like mapped it out and you knew what you were going to do every day for the entire year, what, that's in your control. I'm not saying you can control it happening, yeah. but I'm saying like, what would you be so proud to say in a year? Like if you were selling out Bowery Ballroom, that'd be pretty cool. Right. So the path that's kind of clearing your, your own crap out of the way yeah. and making it clear so you can clearly see your path. 
we spend a lot of time playing it safe, playing small, kind of doing the things that, you know, okay, I'll take a risk, but it'll be this kind of risk that I can control. Because if I really put myself out there, I could, I could fail. Right. I find with our artist friends a lot of fear of success. Yeah. You see that a lot? Ton. Mm-hmm. More than, yeah, a lot of fear of success. And what happens when I get it? Then I'll have to, like I was saying before, then I'll have to keep it up. And how, what if I can't? Right. You know, I'm, um, I work with a lot of people who are at, I work with people who are like, you know, their dream goal is to be where some of the people I coach are. And so it's fascinating to go from like one session with somebody who's like, doesn't have that thing and really wants it to the person who has it like the next hour and the person who has it, it's not like they don't have anything to work on. They're just, you know, it's a different set of issues. So do you mainly do a one year or two year plan? We do a one year plan. A one year plan. We keep it very, like very specific. I've been teaching this course now for, um, you know, over, I would say almost 12 years and, um, We've really refined it, and now we've got a specific kind of it's an eight-week course. You you know you map out a plan for the year. We get into the nuts and bolts of goal setting, and I teach you how to be a really smart goal setter. Yeah, and then you smart goal setter meaning like realistic. That's part of it, but no, most of the time, like the class I'm teaching right now, um, I taught Tuesday night. Uh, most of them were setting goals that were too realistic, kind of like what you're. You know what I mean? Like if I. If we didn't talk about Madison Square Garden, you probably wouldn't have set that up as like an end goal or something that you really want. I don't even, I'm not even sure that you really want Madison Square Garden. I would want to have that conversation with you. Like, is that what you really want? Is that the end goal or the ultimate vision? Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Right. So we have that conversation though. I get, you know, you have the space to kind of look at what it. If if we're going to. If I'm going to be the... Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) That feels too far for me right now. It feels like a major leap rather than, you know, the next jump. So the next jump would be... Drawing people to my shows. (laughs) Okay. So then maybe the goal is that you have X amount of, you know, uh, fans. But I guess I don't think of myself in that sense. I think of it more about the work. To be honest, like with doing... uh, Having a stand-up act that i'm happy with that i think is good so that's you're getting into what makes a, a a smart goal right like you're getting specific to what matters to you yeah and that's great that's what we, that's what we're here to do for somebody else they don't care about that and they're happy you know they'll sort of craft their own version of what a successful show you know or stand-up routine would be uh-huh. for you you're saying that here's what matters to me betsy like i you know and then then we say okay great like yeah because i kind of feel like if i'm doing well and i'm undeniably good then the rest kind of falls yeah, which place. is why i don't spend time on like I, I i in the first session i will have a conversation and say how good are you like how good do you believe you are right right so, and if you really don't think you're that good then we gotta talk we can't what's the point like let's yeah. not go after this like let's go after something else that you want that you yes. do feel ready to do so that piece is huge i mean your mindset and how how much you believe in your own talent has to be there otherwise mm-hmm. you're wasting your time right i would say for me uh i probably take too many risks like i could stand to polish up my act and repeat it more but i i kind of get a little bored of repeating the stuff that i know works but then i realize like oh i'm improvising too much or i'm trying too much new material yeah and i should just be sticking to the stuff that works and keep it more polished what what would happen if you did that um 
I would feel like I was cheating myself. Like I wouldn't, I would feel like I was cheating myself in the sense that I'm not taking enough risks. But then I feel like maybe I take too many risks and I should be a little bit more polished. What would being polished do for you? Like it would get probably a more steady, positive response from an audience. Hmm. And maybe it would help your voice kind of even, your, you know, people really get a stronger sense of your brand or your voice or your style or whatever that is? Well, it's funny because as a stand-up, I feel like the other comics that have already seen me do that material, I would feel a little cheap because, how oh, they've seen this before. But from an audience perspective, I know I'd be delivering better. So what would Louis like, what would he say? Oh, I don't know. He's... Take a stab. You have a sense of him. What would he say? Should you be repeating it, doing, putting it out, you know, or should you be taking more risks? What's working for you and what isn't? I guess there's a conflict there because who am I trying to, who am I trying to please? Am I trying to please me? Am I trying to please the audience or am I trying to make sure the other comics think that I'm a valuable artist? Great question. Uh Great question. Yeah. Can you answer that? Who, I don't know. I guess there's the conflict. I think ultimately I'm trying to please myself, but then when I improvise or go off script too much or try too much new material, and I'm like, ah, that's... So I would go a little bit deeper, and I don't know how much okay. you want to coach right now. Bring because it. no, it's hard I'm... for me not to with it. Please. Like, I want to, but I also want this to be informative for everybody. Uh, yep. I, You know, what, what, what does the work want to do? Like, you know, if you said uh, it's more about the work than about me, that was something I heard you say before. Yeah. So if we get away from, like, who you want to please, like, what is, where does the work want to go? What does the work want to do? The work wants to be funny and poignant. Okay, great. Is it already? Parts. Okay. Yeah. So then like the next thing we would work on is all of it becoming like instead of just parts, like no, like a hundred percent funny and poignant. Right. Why not? Like that's something to get. Because the material has to get there. It has to be written. Okay. So <laughs> then we might, we might be talking about writing it and being a little bit more structured in your process. I don't know. Uh-huh. I yeah. don't know. It has to be real for you. It's not going to be me like saying, go do this thing and here's success for you. I don't know that. But right. if I'm tuning into you and listening to like what you care about, we can get somewhere. If yeah. you're willing to have that conversation, which you are. Yeah. Yeah, I guess uh, spending more time polishing it up. But it's there. I just heard a but. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, I guess I'm starting to see where I am in my own way a little bit. Um, but, uh, with stand-up, you do kind of have to work it out in front of an audience. You have to fail sometimes. And in front of your peers, you have to fail. Yes. So I would, what I would, what would be a fun conversation kind of getting, you know, getting down and dirty would be like, okay, what if you really let go of not caring about what they think of you? What if it didn't matter? Yeah. Well, that happens quite a bit actually. Oh, great. <laughs> great. I mean, while then you're I'm not a- worried about pleasing them. Um, I'm more worried about pleasing myself and the other comics okay. in the room than okay. the audience. Well, that's what I mean. I'm talking about what if you let go of worrying about pleasing the other comics in the room? Mm-hmm. What if that, what if you were willing to look bad in front of them? What if it didn't matter if they saw the same thing 10 times in a row for the sake of you working out that piece? I guess I feel two things about it. I feel like maybe they'd think that I wasn't that creative but maybe they think that I was also a reliable, polished act that they can book. Mm. And I, I can do that, 
reliable polished act if I'm okay with just repeating myself and kind of going, just doing the written words, doing the script. I could do that. I mean, I would, I would like, I would want you just to be that and to be that, like, put it out there and it's secondary what the other people think and do with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, can okay. you repeat it? So, like, be, g- go out there and be polished. Be, let the work be what you want it to be, what you believe it can be, what it is. And then whatever the results are, that'll sort of be secondary to it. But the success is you getting out there and feeling like, yeah, okay, that was polished. I did it. Right. I guess the hard part with that is uh, doing it over and over and feeling like it's keeping it fresh. But you've never done that before, right? I did. I went through a phase where I was doing the same, pretty much the same chunk of time in the same kind of way. And it was getting to a point where I was like, all right, this is a reliable set. Great. Yeah. Did it work for you to do that? Was that? I would guess that for other people, it would work longer. You know, like why? Why wouldn't it work for you? Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's that I get bored as much as um, I so want to take more risks. that's coming up. Like I've heard you say now I get bored a couple of different times. So I feel cheap. I feel like I want to be taking more risks. I want to be more of an artist. For real? Or like, is that really how you feel? Or is that? I think so. I want to be more in the moment, I guess. Aren't you? When the material is repeated a lot, I find it trickier to be in the moment. Yeah, but is it, it's always different. I mean, you can repeat the material and it's still new. It's a different. It's a new moment with the same material every time, right? Yes, it is easier to check out while doing the material. So though. what I'm getting is, and this is I don't know. You can chime. I, I'm getting that like you get bored with yourself. Like it's, this is about you not getting bored yeah. with the material. And if you can stay engaged in the material, that would be a success. Yes. Okay, then that would be what we would like make a plan for. Whether it ends up being repeated or not repeated or not kind of isn't the issue. It's about you staying engaged at a certain level. Yes, and also not caring about if there's certain people in the room that I know I've seen this bit 10, 12 times. Yeah. Not feeling embarrassed that I'm doing it again. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that I might challenge you to do, you know, if we were coaching on this is like mm. literally go up to those people beforehand and say, I'm going to do this again. You're going to see it. It's probably going to bore you, but I'm doing it. Right. Oh, I like that. It's just an idea. Yeah. Like whatever, whatever you can do to not like, that's a waste of energy to worry about that. That's yeah. not serving it's totally what you're there for. Yep. So you know, this is what we do. We have this conversation. We have to dance around it a little bit to kind of find the moments where an opening occurs. Right. But they always occur. And that's what's amazing about coaching. It's like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what we're going to be talking about. I don't know what drives you. But you're very intuitive and your eye contact is very, very good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you do something enough, you know, mm-hmm. you get really good at it. And this is what I, I love doing this. this you do is, have a psychology background? Uh, I study drama therapy. Okay, yeah. Yeah. You're very good. Thank you. <laughs> I highly recommend that. You. you can't see her, but it's very, very good. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the most uh, uncomfortable or vulnerable I've seen you with one of our guests. In a, in a good way. In a very good way. Yeah, well, it's... Because I, I, I sort things, you know, your, your mind moving and things happening right there. It's very interesting to watch. Yeah, we I mean... We have I, to get out of our comfort zone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's part of it. Because staying in it is not, it's actually not what we are here 
to I, do. I totally get with that. And like I've made it my motto to get comfortable outside of my comfort zone. Amazing. And I've taken that motto to make my set l- uh, less polished. But now you're now I'm starting to think maybe that's just bullshit. Might be. I don't know. I may, maybe, I don't know. I'll have to think about this more. But maybe you got me to smell my own bullshit a little bit. It happens a lot in coaching. And that's part of why it's not like, I, you know, it's not just a one shot. Like, let's do Sometimes people come and have one session and they have like a breakthrough and then they go off and things are, and I get an email. I, th- I think it's like, oh, that was a fine session, but nothing magical happened. And then I get like an email, you know, six months later, like, oh my God, I moved to LA and I got the agent and it's all amazing or whatever. But, um, and, and that's exciting and wonderful. I'm thrilled for that. For me, coaching is in the relationship. It's in the let's come back and where are you now with that thing we talked about and where are you now after you took that risk or didn't take that risk and how do you be in this relationship like therapy? You know, I mean, I found with my therapist, it's just, it's, it's most effective when they really know me and get me and there's a trust and there's a history. Right. So you said, for example, that one person had one session, wrote you this email about their success on average, how long do people see you for right now i have a lot of um i probably have around 40 um 45 regular clients that i coach either uh summer weekly like every week and it's incredible to see like they are there's no question about their commitment that we you know we just we're able to get so much done because there's not so much time that's passed a lot of people kind of do that every two to three weeks um who are in packages with me. Some people take my class and then come coach every once a month just to kind of have accountability and check in. But the longer we go, the less, the more distractions there are, the, the further away you get from the power of the, it's really the power of the relationship. It's not me and it's not just you. It's like what happens when we come together and I get to, I get to ask you these questions and you get to share, you know, what's going on and we can have this like real conversation and talk about, well, what do we do with this? What's next? Oh, this thing happened. I broke up with my boyfriend and now how do I, you know, how do I deal with that and the job I'm going for? So this happens in the one-on-one coaching. Mm -hmm. um, So with the class that you offer where there's 12 students, you you can't really give this one-on-one kind of I do. That's why we keep it limited to 12. Okay. um, So that you can get, you get, like, if we were doing that, like, you would be up, standing up, we'd have a whiteboard, we'd be writing notes and stuff, and there'd be 11 other people watching you get coached. And it's so uncomfortable, and it's amazing. I'll bet it brings everyone really close together. It really does. It's like a therapy group. Yeah. (laughs) And it's, it's, we all need community. Yeah. We all need it. And some, I'm going to write, this is going to be one of my next blogs, because I just feel so strongly for myself, too. Like, I need to be meeting with my fellow coaches and sharing what's going on and knowing I'm not alone. With artists, I mean, probably everybody, but we're all kind of bullshitters in a way. And you've got me to see my own a little bit just there. But um, I see with artists, like, there's, it's a broad spectrum of, like, totally delusional where they think they're amazing and they're not. Or they're actually pretty good and they have what they could potentially have what it takes but they have no uh confidence yeah do you see that broad spectrum in your we don't really attract the delusional as much anymore we've we did in the beginning and now uh, just based on our reputation and the people that we work with it's a lot of word of mouth like you Mm -hmm. know but like 
uh, most of the people who come to us are, are you know friends of friends. The so, delusional thing can work for an artist. So like Mike Birbiglia addressed that in Sleepwalk with me. Uh-huh. How like when he first started stand up, he thought he was doing great. Yeah. And then he realized, you know, a year or two later, wow, he was bombing all the time. But yeah. that, that delusion. Oh, that kind of delusion. Yeah. Where that, you're not in your way. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's great. Yeah. If you're good. It, it, you know what I mean? Like if you're if But you're, if you're not good, that delusion really helps you keep going. Sure, or you'll find, at some point the industry will tell you you're not like you'll hear it enough. You know, I'm right. not going to be the one to tell you that, but I will be the one to say, well, okay, what feedback have you gotten, and whose opinion do you value, and what do you want to do with that information? Right. So, I, you know, I, I just I'm not one to tell anybody they can't get their goals, and I'm also you know, uh, but I'm also not going to sit here and tell you that you all will. Um, I see a lot of people who have great intentions, really want these things, but at the end of the day are not willing to, to, to step into that discom- like the uncomfortable zone of making that phone call, going to that big event, at making, asking that one thing. Like Putting asking. their guts up on the blackboard in front of 11 other people. Yeah, and when you do and it's like you get through it, it's like, okay, first of all, it's not that bad. Second of all, okay, I said what I wanted and now I'm not crazy for saying it it's possible and i'll be up there if if i if i hear you say something that's really like like if you i mean i get that madison square garden right now it might not feel like but we would like back that up and say okay what does feel possible you know right so usually though people aren't even having this conversation they're just in fear it seems to me like a lot of it is kind of seeing yourself in your destination and if the clearer you see yourself in that destination, the clearer the path to get there becomes. Yeah, and what's amazing is just by like naming it and like saying, here's something I want, and this is what I want to go for, this happens every time in the class. Like, class is eight weeks. We set it up so you aren't technically responsible for starting to go after your goals until you finish the class, so that you can really have like eight weeks to be a mess mm. and not know what you want and listen to other people and learn. That's so smart. Yeah, it's the only way as far as I'm concerned. Because otherwise, you, we're already, we already feel like we should have gotten these things years ago. And we, there's so much guilt and shame and bullshit. Yeah. So when we can clear the space and say, you don't have to get this stuff right now. The path, like your, your goals begin the day of the last class. And you have a year to get them. So this whole time is like, what do you want? Like set up, what do I want? What's your plan? How are you going to do it? And then we teach you how to work on a weekly basis towards the monthly goals, how to work on a monthly basis towards the year goals, all that. And then we really back it up into the day and say, okay, how do I do my life? How do I do everything I'm doing in my life and go after these goals? Because that's, that's the piece where people get stuck a lot. I, you know, you can set the goals, you can have a bit of a plan, and then, you know, you got responsibilities, you got a day job, you got to make money, all these other things. So how do I do both? And that's, that's what we teach. Um, and then we do the inner critic mindset stuff, and then we do some networking, and we kind of. What get is you. this inner critic mindset stuff? That's probably the meat of it. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. It's all, you know we do it at, we do it in class six, and I always um, you know my colleague and I we we it, it's happening all the time. That's the getting in our own way piece. So we literally kind of wake up. What are the what are, what is that voice saying? What are those fears? Where what are you telling yourself that's stopping you? And we give you tools for how to how to switch it over and start begin to start tapping into what we call your inner coach. Mm-hmm. I just like, I don't want you to be dependent on me. And like, I want you to have the tools. Most of the time we can coach ourselves through more than we think. 
So, you know what I mean? If I can give you a few like key things, then you don't, you know, you can just like catch it and turn it around and keep going. What are a few of these key things? So uh, Madison Garden does feel too far. It feels like too much of a leap, Mm -hmm. but a small. So what are these key? What are a few key things I can tell myself to stay focused? Well, part of it is plugging into like what you do believe about yourself and where you are, where you are already successful. Mm -hmm. Like what is working? for you Oof. i don't know see that's that's the i always say this this is a tricky thing about being an artist of any kind whether you're a musician comedian there's not many tangible uh rewards you know maybe a little bit of pay from a club or someone saying hey that was a great set that's a tangible reward but it's not like you know construction where you build a room and you she walked she rocked the room and it's like hey look i just made a room it's done yeah you know the work is never done it's constantly working and mm-hmm. but um what was the question <laughs> <laughs> you asked it <laughs> oh what like so i mean I, I what has been most rewarding about doing this show why do you keep doing it the podcast yeah these kinds of conversations um having a long intense conversation with people especially these days with distractions and smartphones and stuff it's yeah. really nice to lock in with somebody yeah um, what's working for me is, I don't know, when I do my set that I know works and it's like a solid 10 whatever minutes, then I feel good about that if I'm not jaded. Like if I put it aside and then I come back to it and I do that set and yeah. it does well, I feel good about it. Where does that set want to be? In, in As far as like a venue? Mm-hmm. I guess a bigger place, you know, maybe, I don't know, Bowery Ballroom, Bell House or Union, I don't know. Okay. Not Union Hall, too small, but something bigger. When could that happen by? It could happen any day, really. If Great. someone says, hey, you want to do this show, that's when it could happen. But what if you were to go out and make it happen? Uh, I probably couldn't get booked because I couldn't fill the room. Okay. Yeah. So then we would solve how do you get to a place where you can fill a room like that? Yeah, that's a good question. How do I get there? <laughs> See, for me, it's just like, oh, I get there by being undeniably good and the rest yeah. follows. Yeah, but I mean, there are. this is where we get kind of practical. The rest doesn't just follow. You have to know what is the rest. Like, who, you know, who are the people that are the booking at those spaces? Uh-huh. <laughs> have you introduced your set to them? You know, right. they might want you, even though you don't think that you have enough yet. Right. You don't know. I mean, until you've literally gone out there and said, hey, I'd like to do my, my set here. These are the practical steps. Some mm-hmm. of them that are coming to my mind. I mean, we would obviously go deeper if we were really yeah. coaching, coaching. But so, you're, so one of these practical steps would be like, have the confidence to be like, hey, I want to do your show. Yeah. It, introducing yourself to, the, you know, to whoever it is that is the booker, mm-hmm. the gatekeeper of the place that you want to do your thing, right. and making sure they know who you are and what you have. Mm-hmm. If you are undeniably good, which you are, right? Um, I wouldn't. I would say sometimes, maybe. So what we would do is make sure that you get to all the time. <laughs> yeah, that to me is the difference. And all you have to do is look at Olympic athletes. Uh huh. That's what I mean. Can you imagine an Olympic athlete without a coach? Right. You know, like yeah. that. Like any, you know. I mean, all most actors at a, at a very high level still work with their coach, so that they are undeniably like at their best right? all the time. So that that's not even a conversation that has to be had. And most of the time I talk to people who are like really good sometimes. 
you're really kind of just a good therapist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, we're focusing on career and, and art and that kind of thing, but you can do this with a therapist. I mean... Yeah, the difference is we're going to get into action at the end of it, where therapy, you can just talk and kind of take it in and like go back and talk more. And, I, and again, I'm a huge fan of therapy, but I, coaching and therapy really overlap. Yeah. Um, coaching, I think what you're experiencing is like the therapeutic aspect of coaching, which right. is like, oh, I'm starting to see things I didn't see. I, I think also you have a background in the arts. So mm-hmm. even if you're not giving specific uh, path of you should book here, you should do there, you understand the language. Yeah. You understand everything Gary or anyone else that comes yeah. to is, is talking about where a therapist might not know what it means to book a room or something like that. Yes. And I will say I'm like coaching an architect too right now who's like a very oh. high level architect and I know absolutely nothing about architecture. Like really, I don't know a thing about it. And we're working on, so I don't have to know the ins and outs. It does help. And that's why a lot of people in the arts come to us because we, I know what the bell house is. I know what's a standard, I know what you mean when you say set, right. that kind of thing. Right. And so that helps you feel better because, oh, she gets me. She gets how hard this, she gets the reality she of this. She knows the language, yeah. So I do. I do. And that's, yeah. But I, but, and also, um, it's not required. So, yeah, because I, I see a lot of similarities with, you know, being an artist, uh, whether you're a musician, stand up, or actor or whatever. It's pretty much the same as being an entrepreneur trying to start a business. It is. I mean, that's all we are, just individuals trying to make our business successful. But most people don't embrace that piece of it. What does it mean to actually treat this like a business and be an entrepreneur? That's Mm. huge. And now you really have to because there's no excuse. You can make anything you want to make. You can make your own video. You know, you can make your own web series. You can make your own. You can create. Everybody's creating content. Mm -hmm. If you don't know how to be a content creator in certain areas of the field, you're screwed. Right. The so, tools are so cheap. They're so cheap. There's yeah. no excuse not to, if you are really good, if your material's really good, there's no excuse. You just got to get good at the business side. Mm-hmm. That's what we help you with. So I'm starting to see that there's some motivational stuff in here too. 100%. Yeah. And that's a lot of it. That's good. All right. I'm going to, can I throw Matt on the tracks for a second? I need a breather. It's your All right. podcast. <laughs> so Matt wants to be a, an actor, right? Let's ask Matt these heavy questions. You want to be or you are? I, I am an actor. Um, would like to be more successful. Um, but I think, you know, one of my issues is I um, find myself, I think I'm too spread out a lot of the times. Yeah. Where I'm like, you know, I want to be acting more, want to be writing more, producing content, uh, directing. And sometimes, in, in theory, I think it's great. You know, I'm not limiting myself. But sometimes I'm like, well, if I spent all my energy on one thing or let's say more energy on one thing instead of spreading it out among four or five yeah perhaps i'd be moving along yeah faster than i want so pick one right but that's that's i i don't know how How? to do that because i i do in theory want to be all these things and you know there are you know people who have been successful at many things yeah but yeah is that i wonder am i better off saying okay for this year for the next 12 months i am pouring whatever 90 percent of my energy into acting and then the other things will just be here and there so what we would do and you can tell me if you want me to actually do this or if yeah you want me just to much easier when it's on me (laughs) (laughs) so i mean what what i would do is i I would want to have the conversation about what the four or five things are and uh kind of gauge the level like begin to prioritize if you had to pick two you know or three like if we had to say one or two what would those be so i would want to instead of just making you pick i would want to kind of hear a little bit more about 
where are you with them? You know, which ones really excite you? Which ones are sort of like, yeah, I'm just doing it. Cause you can be, you can be doing something. I, I, I was working with someone the other day who's like, got a fine thriving commercial career and you know, commercials are just, ha- she's, she invested in that. She's got, she's got the representation. She's booked to the national commercials. So that's kind of flowing and happening. And we don't need to spend time like focusing on growing that. Like we mm-hmm. need, she really wants to, to focus on her actual TV and film career separate from the commercials. Real so roles. yeah. So we like, but like, that's been a really powerful, like money making for her and I've seen that for a lot of people that I've worked with where like commercials are a way to sustain yourself you know financially and kind of such a now a lot of people go into commercials thinking oh I'll just do that for money but it's very competitive you gotta Mm -hmm. you gotta really want to be you know auditioning and booking commercials anyway that's a side note so I would want to kind of hear from you what are the you know we, we call them tracks like what are the four or five different areas of focus that feel split and then evaluate and kind of pick through. And this is what we do in the class. Like we really, I mean, this is part of homework. Like, so I don't expect you to do it right now, but it looks like you want me to have them do it right now. I can't <laughs> Yeah, and, and I, there's workbooks involved and there's oh, like there's writing. Oh, there's a whole full This on, is a real course. This is a serious course. Yeah. It's like three to four, five hours of homework a week. Like, and you give the people the break. Like here's eight weeks. Don't worry about your career. This is like. Yes, but what I was going to say before that I forgot to say is what's so cool is that by week three, even though you don't have to be a accomplishing shit starts happening for most everybody right all of a sudden things that they like they're they're not even trying to it's just kind of happening by way of putting your focus and energy into this mm-hmm. and they're all like it's they come to class they're like it's so weird this is i already feel clearer and it's been like 15 minutes into our conversation <laughs> know, so that's why it's that's why i love this it's yeah. so energizing and it's not um it's not hard work once you're here. It's mm-hmm. work that everybody wants to do. It's work that everybody's craving for. They just don't know what to expect from this. And so it's kind of intimidating to like put yourself in the hot seat, you know? Yeah, and carving out the time to do it. Yeah, but it's like, otherwise, what do you, you know, you're just spending your time doing the same stuff that's not really getting you anywhere. Spinning closer. around, yeah. So so what are the what are the areas? I mean, even it's... Let's say, even if I just say acting, there are all yeah. those different, there's, there's, you know, f- film and TV, there's uh-huh. commercial, there's uh-huh. theater. So in there, then there's, there's writing, uh-huh. um, producing, directing, and I've done all these things. Yeah. Um, and for the most part, I've been doing it for a few years and I do feel there are successes as opposed to something like stand up, which is sometimes, as Gary said, it's harder to yeah. measure that. It's easier for me to measure that because yeah. if you audition for something, you get it and it's, and you're happy with it, that's a success story right there. Yeah. Um, which is harder when you say, oh, I just did a great set. Because yeah. that's just sort of your own interpretation of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just talked a lot to avoid your question. But, um, I, I mean, I would say to me, what got me into all of this and is the most challenging, the most scary for me is acting. And I'm at a point where I've been doing it for a few years and I've had some successes but I know to go further, I need to do things. Simple things that I can identify. I don't have an actor's reel. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I don't have representation. Mm-hmm. I'm non-union. Mm-hmm. So these are things that, you know, if I did want to continue to pursue seriously, I would need to address. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what we do know. A lot of people come to coaching knowing what they don't have and what they need and what they should be doing that mm-hmm. they haven't done. And, and that's really good to know, but a lot of times we get stopped there because that feels like a lot. 
to, mm-hmm. you don't know, it's like, how do I get this stuff? I don't know what to do. To, I mean, some of it you might know how to do, you just haven't done it like the real. Right. I right? know exactly what Like, to if do. I was mm-hmm. to say, like, okay, Matt, when can you have this reel done by? Mm-hmm. When would you be able to do it by? Um, and everybody here who's one answer, is going to hold you accountable. <laughs> one answer I can say I can do it tomorrow, but then I can say, well, I want to wait for that to come out so I can use that in my reel. Um, realistically, I, I can probably do it by the end of the summer to, you know, kind of get enough footage together, go there, get it, you know. By like September 1. Easily, but okay. it can also be an involving thing. You make a reel now, then when you oh, get sure, new you footage, can, you, you can edit it definitely. Yeah. But I would say, like, could you have a working reel by August first? Yes. Okay, there you go. There's your goal. One one thing, and you're and- going to make sure he does it. <laughs> Setting deadlines is is very. It becomes here. real once we do that. And the thing is, you're when you when you give your word, you yeah. know what I mean, in front yeah. of somebody. Then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. we don't want to not do it. Giving our word to ourselves or saying we need to do it to ourselves. I mean, this is where we want to get out of that space of like continuing to make promises to ourselves or telling like that, that that we don't keep, and then we just feel terrible. Yeah, one part of it, and you can call me on it if you think. Yeah. It's, if it's well, bullshit, you call yourself but, on okay. it. You can. Um, I don't think this is bullshit. One thing I need to address is right now, professionally, I've been going by the name Matt Kaplan, uh-huh. which is not a unique name. Um, you know, if, if you go on IMDb, I'm one of six or seven. So do I want to rebrand myself as Matthew J. Kaplan, which would be unique? Mm-hmm. If I did that, you know, I'd need to change my website and, you know, things like that. You know, the print on my headshot, business cards and things like that. It's not a big process. But it's something like, okay, is that what I want to be doing? And if I'm going to do the real, I need to make that choice. Very do that. practical question. Yeah. Okay. How long have you been stewing with this? Like, should I do it or not? Not very long. Okay. Uh, maybe I, I've seriously been only thinking about it for maybe a few weeks at okay. this point. So, I mean, do you think we can make the decision right now, or do you feel like you need more? I time? think I, I, I think I know the answer. I think what I need to. Do, I need to do it. Okay. If I, if I, so if change I, need to choose. I, I'm sorry. I choose to do it. I choose to do it. You don't need yeah. to. You actually don't need to. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference. Nobody's making you. Right. You could stay Matt Kaplan. You could be one of those and that could be fine. You know what I mean? But like, if you choose to do it, then you're choosing it as opposed to it's this thing I have to do. Mm-hmm. And the way we approach things when we say I choose it, do you feel a difference? Totally. What's different yeah. for you? It gets a lot of the bullshit out of the way. Yeah. A lot of the crap. Because if you choose to do it, then you'll just probably go do it. But if it's right. something that's like, I, I know I choose to go to the gym. If I have to go to the gym, then, oh, God, I'm going to complain about it. It's like it. indecisive people. That indecision just it gets yeah, and we more. Just, we complain so much. Yeah. Like, let's just do it. Just do it. But choose it. Because right now you're choosing. You're not sure. You know, you're in the land of like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. But we don't want to stay there too long. Right. Plus, your middle initial is J, so you're like MJ. That's cool, you know? You'd be MJ. You'd be MJ Kaplan. Yeah. Yeah. But if you feel like you know you want it to be Matthew J. Kaplan, then once, I mean, and also you feel better when it's chosen. And then it's like, okay, now I'm just going to go do these things I've been thinking about. It's it's definitely something, if I want to continue pursuing it and, and continue to be more successful, it's something that I will have to choose to do I, I using the, the right language there but it, it's something i know that I, I basically need to shit or get off the pot with okay. this decision okay or I, I i will choose to shit or get off yeah. the pot. yeah <laughs> that's the funny thing with choosing because then all of a sudden we realize how much we're not so we're you know yeah. we're not saying it and then yeah. yeah you can choose to shit or get off or you can choose to not you know you can choose to right. be in this land of indecision but you're choosing that too so you've seen from your experience you could see oh here's here's the uh here's the chitter chatter bullshit that people 
get well, muddled down with the, some things. What I'm seeing with, with you, Matt, is you actually know what to do. You actually have the, it's, we don't need to make a plan. Like you have the list of things that need to get done, right? It's just mm-hmm. what's stopping you from actually getting it done. Well, you haven't committed to the name you're going to use. And I get that that's a big decision. You want to make sure it feels right to you, but you don't want to spend too, you don't want that to be holding you back. I, I think it's, that is represent. A representation of something bigger of going on of do I want to shit or get off the pot? Do I really want to pursue this? Uh-huh. What do I want to do? <laughs> you know, do you that, feel it? Okay. that's 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 the bigger thing, and I know that. You know, I don't want to take anything away from you helping me realize no. that. But that that is, I know that I'm at the point. I've I've had some successes successes at this level, and I'm very proud of that. But if I do want to go further, and the thing from keeping me is the the fear of. of do you oh, want to go further? Yes, okay. but I'm fearful. Okay, yeah. fine. But do you feel a difference? Instead of, I'm not sure mm-hmm. if I do, the answer you're saying is, I do. I want to, but I'm afraid. Okay, mm-hmm. that's different than do it. Because if somebody, I talk to somebody else and they don't want to, then we have a very different conversation. Okay, what do you want to do? Oh, I want to go open up a business on, you know, I want to have my own coffee shop. Okay, great. Let's do that. There's just no, you know what I mean? It's, it's all about like, what do you actually want? And to be able to, he, I don't need any credit. I don't take any credit. You knew that, but, but this is the space to have the conversation to say, wait a minute, I actually do want the next level for my acting career. Mm -hmm. So what is it? The next level. If I were to say like, it's a year from now and you got it, it's here. What would you have that you don't have right now? Um, I don't know if this is a year, but I'll just say what, what yeah, comes to mind. I mean, like if someone asks me in general, yeah. what, what is your goal? It is to be able to take care of myself financially through art. Okay. That is the goal. And that's, that's perhaps a little vaguer than, than You're uh, not the first response. person who's brought that. No, it? that's pretty much. Uh, that's yeah. what most, I, I, yeah. I usually at that point in class say who here doesn't want to make their living from their art, you mm-hmm. know, no I mean, one raises their hand. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I get that that's like, that's real. So my, my next question is, you know, and this, this may be something to sit with and think about, but like what percentage of your income is coming from your art now? And what would be an increase? What would be a fair, in the same way of saying, what is Madison Square Garden versus Bowery Ballroom? A lot of times we want our entire income to come from our art. We have to build up to that. Mm-hmm. We have to say, okay, right now I'm making my entire living doing this other thing, coding or whatever it may be. And that's, you know, it's fine. But ultimately I really want to see 50% of my income coming in from my writing or from my acting. Okay. Then we got to start to go there and look at what does 50% look like? Right. Um, I guess my trepidation here is like some industries are tougher than others. Sure. You know, these are what we're talking about are very competitive industries. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just someone you might be able to make a living easier other ways. I know a lot of people who make a living from their art. Very valid point. Absolutely. And this, yep. yep. So they do. Um, I'm not saying they're happy. I'm not saying they don't have, you know what I mean? Like that's something to be, consider. Yeah. Um, some of them are, some of them are not. Right. So, but, but if it's, if it's a financial goal that you want, if you want to see a certain amount of money coming in from your acting, great. Let's figure out what does that, like, what does that look like? You know, what would that mean? And how do we begin to back, like reverse engineer that goal to, sorry, to something that can, 
that feels possible in three months or six months. And you're right. You do know you need to be out there auditioning at a certain level, you know, and it might require, you know, representation at a certain level. And that's where most people kind of get stopped and say, well, I have to have a certain resume in order to attract the representation. And yes, and <laughs> I'm yes, anding it Yeah, <laughs> for all the improv people. Do you find some people are just comfortable? Like some people's safety zones, their comfort zones are in a place of should I or shouldn't I? Indecision, yeah, well, confusion. It's, it's just sort of an uncommitted place. Right, uncommitted place. You can't get very far in coaching if you're not willing to commit to something. And I feel like that, those, these are the knots that you're working out. And the thing is, if you're, if you're coming, if you, again, if you've had the conversation with somebody on our team and you've filled out an intake form and you have shown up on time for this call or Skype or session or class with me, I, you are committed Right. You're ready. So now we just have to name it. What is it that you're ready for? Mm-hmm. And how are we going to start building it and going for it in a way that feels like real for you and authentic and not like somebody else's plan? Right. Yeah. Because I, I see I have a lot of friends that uh, throw crap on their plate. Yeah. For whatever reason, maybe that's their comfort zone. Oh, I've got all this other stuff going on and I can't clearly pursue my true goal. And I might be one of those people, too. Mm-hmm. It's harder to see yourself. It's easier to see other people for me. Yeah. But um, I feel like those are the things that you're kind of very keen on noticing. Yeah, that's what, that, that's what coaching is here for. Like, we can catch those, what we call, like, the blind spots, you know? Mm-hmm. That it just, we all have them. I, ha- I go to my coach for that. You do? Yeah. She's you go to, awesome. Uh, your coach is a coaching coach? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your, co- your coaching coach helps you coach. She coaches for all types of like, yeah, business people and people. She like coaches Facebook and like, yeah, she does like a lot of, she coaches at, at companies. and. So do you have a plan for where you want to be in a year? Yeah. You do? I do. And how, have you mapped it out with Yeah, I mean, that's what I, I, the one thing we, we always, we're doing it alongside everybody who's taking the course. So I, I use my goals as a teaching example for the in the course so people can see here's what i'm going for here's what i'm working on and here's where i'm at with it right now can i be so bold as to ask where you see yourself in a year yeah well i do it for my company i do a sort of a path for capes coaching and i have um four tracks so so one of the things that i meant to talk with matt about was this idea of choosing your tracks and Mm -hmm. so you know we make you pick you know, no more than four. So if some people come in with like 10 and it's like, okay, what are going to be the four? And some people really know one or two. Great. You know, writing and comedy. These are the two. And some people have just for acting. You might want to say just for acting these three tracks within my acting career. This is what I want to go for. This is what I want accountability for. This is what I want to map up. Can you expand on what you mean by the tracks? It's an area of focus in your career. So, um, what does that look like? Does that look like actually doing the work? The track is just the name of the area that you're focusing on. Okay. So I'm in, we're kind of in this, the, the language and semantics of the course. So Mm -hmm. a track is just an, it's an area that you choose to focus on for your career. And then within that you set goals within each track. So it's a way to work on, I wish I could show it all to, I wish I had brought it for you to show it to you. Oh, you should have brought the blackboard. <laughs> I know. Well, you got to take the class. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'll get it all there. Um, it, you know, the, the, the map, it's, it's a very basic thing, but you, for each track, you kind of map out, where do I want to be at one year? 
Okay, so what's today? June 23rd. So June 23rd, 2017. We would say, for my writing track, for my stand-up track, for my financial track, I want to have 50% of my income coming in from my acting. You know what I mean? Or I want to have paid off all my credit card debt. Do you find people ever set too low of a goal? Yeah, a lot of times, which is why you get coached in the class. So class two, you, I'm giving, I'm giving it all away, but I'm happy to tell you what happens. Class two, everybody comes back with their goals and you watch, they, you, you watch me coach everybody on their goals and you start to learn, oh, I have a tendency to play way too small and I'm like making a, you know, a one-year goal is actually something that can happen in four or five months. Right. So, Okay. Fine place to start. If let's say Turtle that, boy. <laughs> <laughs> let's say that happens in four or five months, then what? Yeah. Where would you want to be in a year? You know? So you can readjust your goals. You're supposed along the way. to. Okay. You have to. I do every we teach a process where you adjust them every month and I that's part of the teaching is that the goals are adjustable. They're they're not set in stone. We make you do it all in pencil so you can erase it every week, you know, and change it. I don't want you to be a constant like goal adjust like chronic goal adjuster, mm-hmm. but um part of the process is you get out there, you learn a lot, and now you know, oh I oh the Bowery Ballroom thing that I thought was gonna be a you know, a year or six months actually can happen in the three now. Or wow, that thing happened early. It's a wonderful problem to have a goal. Right. To get a goal early. And it happens for a lot of people. And so, and also, oftentimes, other goals happen for people that they don't even write down. But they're like things that, oh, I really wanted that, and it just happened. I didn't even know it. Yeah. So, this isn't a map that's like the end-all, be-all. It's just something to get you into action in a focused, strategic way. And that seems to be enough for most people who are kind of in the indecisive land. Because if everybody around you is making a plan and kind of, you know, willing to take a risk, then you will too. So you're finding that in the 12 people class, the other people kind of influence and encourage. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It's a risky thing to take a class like this. I, you know, I mean, I, I, I know that. It's a risky thing to be coached. People ever drop out? Once in a while. Mm-hmm. Has anyone ever come back to you afterwards and be like, screw you, I took your course and I'm unsuccessful? Well, that's good. No. No, most people. I mean, I would say um, 10%, like, it's kind of the rule of thumb, like 10% come in and like, they're the 10% that are already going places and that are already going to kind of like, it's happening already. And this is just like catapulting them. Right. Um, And then there's 10% that are going to do this and never look at it again and get distracted and fall off. And then there's this beautiful 80% of like, okay, you could, you could, anything can happen here with this group of people it depends on how much you choose to really commit to it and go for it and use the tools it's like anything you know you ever find someone just they just can't completely believe in themselves they might set these goals but you sense that they just can't yeah and i send them to therapy you do (laughs) (laughs) because i can't i can only yeah i mean at that point it really is a it's it's something you know bigger than what than what coaching is for because because I can't, you know, I can't be your only champion. You have to, you have to have that sense that you, that it's possible and you can, it can be, it can come and go and that's okay. You're not supposed, I don't expect you to have it all the time, but if it's never there, we just can't get very far. Yeah. I mean, just dealing with people in the entertainment industry, you're already dealing with a lot of maybe broken people or people have 
parent issues of some sort. Yeah, and I've seen people. I've seen people take breaks from coaching and go, you know, deal with depression or go deal with whatever it may be that's going on, and then come back after therapy and like ready to go. Yeah. So it's totally possible, but yeah, it is. Yeah, that's why it's kind of like you gotta. You can't. Um, you can't feel broken. Mm-hmm. I don't believe you're broken. I mean, that's sort of like my my coaching training. We have, you know, the, where I got trained. The, the whole philosophy is there's nothing broken here to fix. We're like, we're all naturally creative, resourceful and whole. So what do you want to go do? Yeah. Just believing in yourself that you are. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's not even believing it, it's knowing it. Like you are, you already are. Right. Deeply believing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, these are all some mantis. I mean, like, I feel like uh, Trump is such a great example of sociopathic confidence. <laughs> Yeah. He really believes that he's so great at all these things. I, I, I don't think I can talk about him. I yeah. just, I like so, <laughs> it's so disturbing. I just, yeah, I mean, he, he does. And um, I like to focus on the, you know. More beautiful things in life. It's, I mean, that's scary. What yeah. That is um, to me. But he does that. Yeah, that, I don't think that's actual confidence. Mm-hmm. That's something else. It is. It's sociopathic. I mean, that's, that's, I can't even. <laughs> yeah. Have you, have you found, cause it's almost the opposite of what you usually find in an artist temperament. That's right. Yeah. I mean, really what we deal with so much is self-worth. He has, he mm-hmm. seems to have no issue with like, am no, I yeah, worthy? Do you, do you equi- he's the opposite. He's the other extreme of like, wow, that's not even believable. Do you, right. Do you help equip people with tools to deal with rejection? Because in, in artists, it's, it's, it's sometimes Absolutely. you get a lot we more We give you tools for how successes. to have a difficult conversation when you need to fire your agent or when you need to fire somebody, you know, or like, you know, have a tough conversation with your agent or, you know, make a request. We give you tools for how to process, you know, how that meeting went, how to go into that meeting feeling confident and prepared. Um, how to transition into another field in the industry, how to transition out of the business. I had a, you know, I had a baby, you know, almost four years ago and I've, I've been coaching a lot of moms who have kind of, you know, we, I, I had a, a focused mom's path class. Uh, uh-huh. It's amazing. They're like these rock star moms. That, so how to juggle career and being a mother. Yeah. And parenthood. Yeah. And it's, I mean, at one point I, I really wanted to like just do that with my business because it was so fulfilling for me as I was going through it too right. and still continue to. It's such an empowering group of women who are coming together and showing up for each other. And well, sorry, I didn't mean yeah. to interrupt you, but you just said something really important. I think uh, fulfilling for you. Yeah. Now a lot of a lot of art, a lot of artists in the entertainment industry aren't really guided by stuff that might be fulfilling to them deeply. Yeah. But perhaps trying to win their parents' love. Yeah. Through the admiration of an audience. Yeah, we don't. I mean, I go right to the what's fulfilling for you, and I'm not, we're not, I'm not interested. We'll have the conversation so you can become aware of like, I'm doing this for these reasons, but it won't, we got to really get to what's fulfilling for you. You ever find people as they're going through the course, they realize, wait, I wanted these goals, but not for me? Yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing. It's amazing to see them say, okay, well, then what do you really want? And they, some of them don't think they know, but they do. We all know. We, I mean, we all, it's, we, we've all got things we want. It's funny because I've had, we've had a bunch of stand ups on here, and I usually ask, why do you do stand up? What do they say? 
it's usually they're not sure it's like you get different answers but um and i go back and forth with it sometimes it's like for me to express myself which i think is a silly reason but the better me is up there to lift up and entertain the audience so i would want to engage with the better you and have that cover. Like, I, I would, like, wake up. That's the waking up of the inner coach, that voice in you that, that is the better you, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. That, that wants to have a conversation with an audience. Right. You know, and all we have to do is look at the people you admire and respect the most, like Stephen Wright or Louis C.K. I mean, look at Louis C.K. He's such a great example of, like, what an incredible businessman. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's doing it his way. Yep. And, um... And I think he's making a, he's got he's making a huge impact, you know. And and I, I think it takes a lot of courage to to be somebody who's willing to put yourself out there that way. And constantly evolve and try new things. And some people will say, "I don't know how to do it any other way. That's just how I'm built." Okay, but I also believe that that you can build the skills to have the courage to put yourself out there and be self-expressive. You know. Do you, do you ask people why? Do you want to be yeah, successful in this? I have to. That's yeah. usually the first conversation. Uh huh. What? Why are we? Why are you here? Like, Does that baffle people? No, they fill it out in the form a little it's bit. It's in the form. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so they're ready. I mean, I think they've already kind of. I think knowing that you're coming to talk to me or talk to a coach, you kind of you gotta go there yourself a little bit. Yeah. Um. But I think that the why you're doing anything. Like I've had to have some very serious. Um, you know, coaching sessions that were incredibly emotional about why am I still doing this? You know, when I became a mom, I really like, you know, faced with, do I want to be the kind of mom that's running a huge business and has a huge staff and is barely around? Or do I want to be a mom that's in, you know, in my life, in my kid's life, you know, and I do. And so I've adjusted my business so that I can never be there for your kids. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> be here talking to you as she said yeah I don't know. but like but i've taken like i'm gonna go be with her the rest of the day i've been yeah. able to set up my business so that it supports my life yeah and that's what i want to do with other that's what we do we help you set up your business so that it supports and fulfills you because when you're fulfilled i'm i'm so much of a better mom when i'm taken care of it's fulfilling for you to watch other people yes break past their crap ah oh. It, to be a part of that, yeah. to play any type of role in like people becoming like even more of themselves. Yeah. Is, well, this is, leads me to the next question, which is, how did you get into this? Oh, my goodness. How did this start? Uh, I started in casting. I worked as a casting uh, assistant and um, eventually like a casting freelance casting director uh, in the theater world. And I started coaching actors on the side and it was mainly just audition coaching and working on like monologues and sides and that kind of thing. And and then I started in those one-on-one private sessions, we would start to talk about this kind of stuff, yeah. you know, and uh, eventually everybody would, you know, I would be, I would notice how many people, um, how much was coming up when we would start to have this conversation. And at the time, you know, 12, 13 years ago, I didn't see a ton of resources out there available for artists to, to really talk about and get support in like what's so challenging about this business and like the parts of it that people don't talk about. Right. You know, um, there's just, I saw a lot of fear. I thought a lot, I saw a lot of ambivalence. I just, I don't want to have to do the business stuff, so I won't. Did you start to get a lot of feedback from people? Wow. That you're, wow. You're really empathetic and you're really good at this. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I kind of knew it. Like I kind of found my sweet spot. And so I, I, and I wasn't trained as a coach yet. I kind of came into this and just started doing it and then realized, oh, there's a whole field and people get trained for this. And eventually I did get trained and that, and my coaching really started to take off after I so you got trained as a coach. Mm-hmm. Got certified. Now they're certified. So there's formal training. Is, yeah. it, is this the same as a life coach? Yeah. Okay. So there's a formal life coach training. Yeah. There's different like coaching training programs. Um, I did one called the Coaches Training Institute, okay. and it's one of the most well known in the country, and I highly recommend it for anybody who's interested. It's great because you can do this type of thing and not you don't have to become a coach. A, a lot of companies send their you know their their staff their people to become better at communicating better at being in touch with how to set goals how to make plans how to you know get out of your own way it's like it's life stuff it's how to be in the world right so you learn this there for one particular thing but it carries over to yeah and i happened to already have a business that was you know on many accounts successful i had a bunch of coaches that were working for my company at the time so a lot of people go to coaching training for a lot of reasons most of them don't already have like businesses i kind of came through the back door and was like oh i i want to like i want to make sure i have my certification here it's important for me to have it and i i want to get these tools too in addition to what i'm already doing and so it was great i love it and i continue to do more training and education you know as i mm-hmm. grow what's the most fulfilling aspect of it for you of coaching yeah um, and why are you doing it? <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. I, you know, I, I love, I, I love being with people and having these real conversations and providing the space for people to, to, um, not worry about how they look or how they sound or how they have to be and kind of get to the heart of like what they're on this planet to do, you know? Yeah. And it's so exciting to see people have like a spark or a moment in a coaching session that like they had, I didn't, I don't, you know, it's like, it was theirs. They, they claim it. That's, they get it. It's their moment. And then what they go do with it Mm -hmm. and the impact that has on the people around them is so incredible because when you get, when you start to see other people going after their dreams and making things happen and getting them, it's like, there's nothing more inspiring than that. You know, I mean, I look at, you know, I'm coaching, you know, people who are just taking risks, you know, in the most beautiful way every day. And it's so, it's so not about whether they like get the thing or not. It's about the fact that they were willing to do it. Are you seeing that you've been doing it for about 13 years now? Yeah. Are you seeing a change in uh, culture or personalities Mm. throughout the years? I mean, I'm not going to be able to ask this question much longer because smartphones will be around, but... I feel like uh, the iPhone and smartphones have made a huge impact on culture and people's being wound up yeah. and addicted to it. I'm seeing social media. I'm seeing the impact of, of I'm seeing addiction to Facebook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will literally like have people take like that. That will be a goal or a commitment to spend less time on Facebook. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, if it's good. literally blocking you from if you if it's creating jealousy or some if it's waking up that inner critic that's feeling like they're getting that and I'm not, that's not serving jealousy and a big distraction as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the thing with the phones and, I, and I'm guilty of it, too. Like, it's mm-hmm. just a constant we're always reacting 
Right. So we're constantly feeling the need to check it. Did we get something new? Did another email come in? Usually it's nothing. It puts you in a state of constant reaction. Yeah. You don't you feel like you don't have control. And so what we what we do in coaching is get you to a place of being proactive and it usually requires a, an element of self-care and like getting in touch with like what helps me feel grounded and calm and in my power and in my, you know, in my strength. And for me it's like basic stuff like getting enough sleep. Mm-hmm. And playing with my kid and taking the weekend off completely. I used to be a crazy town workaholic. Like I would just constantly work, you know, and it was like driving me nuts. I wasn't better. I was just more stressed. Right. You're working harder, not smarter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you should be a coach. You got this. <laughs> I know. I've heard that before. Yeah, yeah, that's a very, yeah, totally. That's it. And so it's like, you got to get clear on like, what does it mean for like you to be, and what it is for you and what it is for you is very different. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's what I love about coaching. It's so individual. So if I can really be there with you in the moment, the same way you were talking about, like, this is sort of a nice reprieve to just be with somebody, you know, for yeah. the podcast for the moment. It's so, it's so refreshing regardless of what happens in my day or if I had a tough morning when I when I get into a coaching session I am 100% in service of you and I get to and I get so much from that do you get fatigue from it though no I used to and that was something that my coach I remember in my early years doing this she would coach like I remember I'd be so tired from it because I felt like I had to like do it all I felt like I had to like be this incredible coach. You were putting that pressure on yourself. Totally. And it was like, oh God, it was awful. I mean, it wasn't, yeah, I mean, I, I think the people actually still, I mean, they must've gotten enough good coaching because we're still here and my business is still here. But, but, um, how I was showing up, I was, yeah, yeah, I was definitely getting in my way and putting a lot of pressure on myself to, to really like be a certain type of coach. And, um, I remember my coach at the time, like, I said to her, like, how do you, do? she's like, oh, I, I just coached eight people and I'm energized by it. I was mm. like, what? Mm-hmm. It does, it, it does require a certain level of, um, a, a deep level of attention and focus and being present. But, um, it's so rewarding when I'm doing it, when I'm really like in the zone, I'm not, I'm not working. I'm not trying. I'm just being with you. And so I, it's like, I think I, I love teaching a class and then going home and like being with my kid because it was so gratifying. I yeah. like did that and I got to like do what I'm great at and take risks and, you know, be in my zone. And then I get to just be in my zone as a mom. And that's kind of a perfect day. And you just said something pretty poignant of like, you stopped trying and you just started being. Yeah. I mean, that's usually the definition of a good set with stand up is like, when you see a comedian up there trying, it's painful. Very painful. Yes. Same thing with actors. Yeah. Mm. You know mm-hmm. the difference when you've had like that audition. It's like, oh, yeah. it just, I was in it. Right. Which doesn't mean you got the part, but it does feel good when you leave it. It doesn't. Yeah. And I think that at the end of the day, you've got to know what, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, there's, that's a whole other conversation. But yeah. I do, I, when I stopped caring about being a good coach and like whether you liked me or not, mm-hmm. I was willing, I, you know, I've become willing to take risks and say things that you might not like, but are actually really what you want to. Like, you want me to call you out on your style. You know, right. like, That's where they're coming to you. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, I'm not always going to be nice. Right. But I look really nice. And people, like, people are like, she's so <laughs> sweet and nice that yeah. it's like, I could kind of be a hard ass. And like, people. No, we like need that. it. As I think you said earlier, yeah. often our, our friends, family will sugarcoat things. Even if we have the best intentions to say, I want, you know, what's best for my friend Gary, sometimes it's hard to say, eh, that joke sucked. Yeah. 
as much as he wants me to say it, as much as I know it's best. Yeah. You know, it's it's even hard for, for when you know someone. Yeah. To yeah. Tell them exactly what's going on. And that's what like that's why it's such a unique relationship to have a coach where you can like have that conversation and know that like I you know I'm here to be straight with you. And I, you know, I try, I, I, I'm here to be straight in all my relationships, but especially when you're, you know, here paying money for this, like right. that's my job to not sugarcoat and to, you know, give it to you straight and to also tell you, you know, where I think you're getting in your way. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, it's just, it's trickier in relationships with people where, you know, it's not designed a certain way. It's like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we want to hear certain things from certain people in our lives. I think some people would rather just be supported no matter what, and some people want to be told the truth. Mm-hmm. Maybe everyone's different. You know, what? what's interesting is I've, the people I've seen have a lot of success with the PATH course are the ones who have... There's a group I, I've... We taught the class at UCB. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. how... Yeah, Tom, Tom, I think Tom... Are you in the UCB community? I was for you a while, were, yeah. yeah. Anyway, we, we used, we've been teaching over there in the, over the past you know X amount of years, and there's a group of uh, UCB uh, folks who they get together every week and they've been doing it for since the class ended f- over five years ago and they hold each other accountable and they kind of coach each other and they are and they've they, gone rogue on you no no they don't it's great it's what I want actually oh, this is the part of when you ask what's on like my path and the things that I want I I really the next step for me is to really design the community support aspect of. So we don't have work. to shut them down. No, you don't. Okay, good. Not at all. <laughs> no, please don't. They're amazing, and they um, they 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 have. I mean, they come in. I coach with them every six months to a year, mm-hmm. and what I see them accomplishing because they're all in it together, supporting each other, coaching each other through tough moments and you know kind of they, they have the tools you know they just come to me for a check-in for a little cleanup they've got this they right. like they are in it and they are they're getting shit done it's like really inspiring that's so cool that it's gone on for so long yeah so the people that i see who have that and do that really stay the course and mm-hmm. it's not even it's like they're not having the conversation of should i be doing this or not it's like okay what's next how do i you know, right. move through this um before we wrap up did we did we get to all of Matt's stuff? I feel oh, like so he much. talked himself out of it a little did bit. Did we, Matt? I think that we I, started. I mean, I, I, it's, there's a lot, you know. Um, you know, it, there are certain things where it's just like, I have a question that needs to be answered. Do I know the answer? Something like, what kind of role should I be going for uh, moving forward? Things like that, that like, maybe I know the answer, but mm-hmm. there are times when I just want someone to tell me like, do this, do that. Yeah. And I know that's not specifically where you come in. Yeah. Um, but I think for for myself and probably many other actors, there are questions like that. So have you heard that like saying like, give a man a fish, you feed him for a day, teach mm-hmm. a man a fish, you feed him for a lifetime. And hey, that's... Jesus? Is that the... No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I've heard it. Um, that sort of came up for me because I think in this, like what we, what we aim to do in coaching is really teach you how to, how to like, what, like how to ask yourself the right questions and how to get them answered. You know, it's Mm -hmm. not that I'm going to be the one to have the answers. I can help guide you through what are the questions to ask. Some of them you might know, some of them you don't. And then the next question is, well, who does? Okay. Let's ask them. Right. You know? Are you saying so find someone that's successful in your field and kind of follow their 
see how they got there? It's possible. At the end of the day, you're going to have to listen to your, there's yeah. like your intuition. Because it's tough. Everyone has their own unique uh, path and, yeah. and experiences and, and goals. And everyone, especially in acting where, let's say, looks has so much to do with it. Yeah. And, so, and a lot of it is out of your hand. Yeah. And, you know, I can look one way and someone else I can talk to. Yeah. Looks completely different. So they might have very different experiences as an actor. We would probably do a, a one coaching session just focused on type and branding mm-hmm. and where you fit and That's... how you see yourself and how other people see you. Mm-hmm. And I would send you away to go do a lot of research. Right. Right. So that's a big piece of it. Like, I don't see people doing enough market research. Can people come to you and do just one session? Yeah. Okay. Sure. That would be a one on one session. Mm -hmm. Okay. You can do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what you've done here is you've created a really great curriculum and you're so special. Is this something that you think is franchisable? Like, can you not, I mean, that's kind of a lame word perhaps, but Mm -hmm. something that you can spread out to help more people? without yeah. you being there well that's funny you say that we've got what i what we've been i mean i've got a lot of people out on the other coast who've been wanting path and we've um dabbled with franchising we haven't been ready to commit to that um i had i had somebody who took the course who's a coach who's in in france who wanted to oh yeah teach it there um and i wasn't it was like when i was just a new mom and I just wasn't quite ready to, to, to go there yet. What we've, what we're doing now is we're, I'm creating, I've taken the curriculum to make it a private experience mm-hmm. um, so that you can do private path for anybody who wants, who can't be in New York to take the course, but you want to, you know, get the curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we've done it. We've done a few private paths and it's, inc- it's been really powerful to kind of have like, it's like having your own private trainer with you. you yeah. Know? every week on your career just for you with the curriculum it's pretty cool have you thought about a book maybe something like the artist's way <laughs> <laughs> i love the artist's way yeah i think it's, she's awesome and the work is great um this is a little bit more practical and yeah, yeah it's sort of the businessy version of that mm-hmm. i think um, it would be a great book yeah i have thought about it um yeah. and you probably that is, already have most of the materials well one of the things is you were asking what's on my path and you know we've been um wanting to get our curriculum into universities um to mm. kind of get to students on the other side before they're out in the business you know give them these tools early on you know as they're getting ready to graduate before so, they get all messed up in the head <laughs> yeah do what we can before they're already i mean it's still we're, we're teaching we teach over at the new school now and um uh, we're just you know we're creating curriculum for them um and it's it's a it's a really interesting thing to do this work with with college students um because they're not out there yet you yeah. know in the world world the like brains are still fleshy and moldable yeah but they also like uh, there's a lot of it's it's really they really need the inner critic stuff like you got to get your your mindset your head game in the right place um because it's just so it, it's already like so competitive in school already so anyway we're we're designing curriculum we we're creating this um this weekend course called the artist entrepreneur and taking it to universities and schools and that's something that we're committed to it's on my path for the year all right yeah, yeah. and you have a deadline for that yeah you made yourself a we've deadline. We've got goals. Yeah, we've got goals and deadlines, and we've already gotten one of the goals. Yeah. Well, these deadlines are really good tools because rarely do we set deadlines. Once you have a deadline, it like becomes a real thing. Mm-hmm. If you, but if you say it out loud to somebody, you yeah. know, it's like I can say, like, I'm going to go to the gym this week. But if I literally text my accountability partner and say, I'm going on Friday at 1 o'clock, you know, then if I don't, 
you know, like we don't, we'd rather not feel that shame of not doing what we say. So it's like whatever gets you there, Mm -hmm. gets you there. And when you have a whole class holding you accountable and when you have a whole team of people, it's empowering and you're doing it for other people too. And that helps you. Right. Yeah. So that's what's great about it. And Matt has to do his reel by August 1st. So I was going to say, we got to make sure you've got yours. And what are you going to do by August 1st? Uh, I'm, 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 I don't know. What am I going to do? What can I do? Are we talking 2016 August 1st? Oh, yeah. We're talking I'm like. Kidding, I'm kidding. We could even do a July 1st goal if you really want to say in two, like two weeks. No, in less than two weeks, really. It's about uh, eight days. From eight now. days from now. That feels like pressure. Why don't we say August 1st? You want to have a reel by then? Yes, I do. Will you send it to me? Yes, I will. Awesome. Okay, Okay, what are you going to do by August 1st? Um, I don't know. What can I do? Well, we were talking about your set. Yeah. And really doing the repeated polished thing and not being... Is that still something that... Yeah, I mean, I have to keep writing new material and keep polishing new stuff, but I usually try and sandwich it in the middle. What would you be really proud to like come back to me and Matt and say by August 1st? I've had several consecutive solid sets where people are like, I really like that bit or this bit. I really liked your set. Several is how, like, give me a number. Several would be between now and August 1st? Yeah. Oh, I'd probably be at least 15. At least 15? Yeah. Okay, so we just made it measurable. That's what makes it goal even better when you can make it measurable. Am, am, right. am I allowed to jump in on yes, what Yes, you saying? are. Just because I, I feel like that's... Hard to exactly measure, but one thing we talked about earlier yeah. was the consistency of the set. Yes. So could it be something like you do 10 sets or 15 sets exactly the same way and try to find joy in it each time? See, it's tricky with stand-up because the audience, sometimes you might have a set that works solid, but then you might say something off the cuff in the moment, and that gets the biggest laugh of the set. Okay. It's a weird, ethereal, amorphous thing that happens on the stage yeah, I get it. And I, by the way, I, I haven't said this yet, but I, I have such a respect for stand up. Like, I think stand up is one of the most, <laughs> like, put your whole naked soul out yeah. there to be judged, you know, in a way that even as an actor, at least you're playing a character, you know, like, yeah. you're you out there. And I think, I think that already takes so much courage. I just, I, I want for you to really set yourself up to, to go after something you'd be really proud of in, you know, in a month. Or so. Like, what, yeah. would, what would be, what about the set that, you know, that, that's not tricky can you commit to doing? What about it? Like, what can you commit to doing, like, in terms, that, that's more in your control, that's less about what other people say and do? I guess if I can do a solid set in a way where the audience believes and I feel, I have to truly feel that it's fresh. Okay. And off the cuff and in the moment. So what if it comes back to what we were talking about before with you being engaged? I had at least 15 sets that I was present to and engaged in. Yes, you reminded me. That used to be my yardstick for measuring. Uh, I forgot about that. Yeah, how present I felt in the moment was usually a good barometer of how the set went. So you could even, if you were like, well, you could even say on a scale of 1 to 10, if you were to rate yourself after every set level of engagement and presence yeah that you want to have at least 15 sets where you're at like an eight or above right yes throwing that out absolutely there you go that's a good goal that's a goal Mm -hmm. so it's a little bit it's less it's we don't want to put too much power in the audience and what they say or do and think because you just can't really know it for sure yep even if they do laugh i know you have a feeling but like let's make it really about what you what you can gauge Mm -hmm. you know 
And yeah. how's that? It's good. It's good. And the stuff we talked about more towards the beginning was really good, too. I got a lot you out of You got coached. Totally. We can do so much more. I but oh, I, yeah. I hope that it was I hope it was valuable for all the listeners. Yeah, I absolutely do believe that we could do much more. But um like therapy, it's intense. It is. Yeah. You gotta go like have a sandwich or yeah. go watch Netflix or chill out after this. <laughs> totally. Do something nice. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much. This is great. Thank you. Highly recommend your services. Yes. Thank, thank you, you guys. It was great to be here. Thank you.